Well, good morning, church family. This is Pastor Scott. And this is Kevin. And we are back for another edition here of the post-sermon wrap-up podcast. And today we are highlighting our uh, Compassion Sunday from this past Sunday. So a little bit of a break. We finished up our More Than a Children's Story sermon series. We're on the cusp of a new sermon series, but we had this buffer Sunday here where we gave it to really focusing on the church and God's care for uh, vulnerable children and families mm-hmm. around us and super fun Sunday, everything from uh, the Sunday hour to the 930 hour um, was a real, real blessing. And I know that you can go back and take part and listen to any of those things, but we want to just maybe break down a little bit of the the Sunday as a whole. And we'll start, uh, Kevin, with just the sermon itself. So Second Corinthians chapter one, really uh, understanding the mercy ministry that God has poured into us that now overflows into our ministry to others. And you yes. you emphasized in <clears throat> this passage particularly the role that comfort plays in Christian ministry. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned it says the word comfort ten times in ten. like a like three or four verse uh, that, that's right. segment there. That's right. And we have a lot of misunderstandings or maybe we have some pre, maybe not misunderstandings, but some presuppositions about what we mean when we talk about comfort. So help us <clears throat> correct our misunderstandings and help us better understand what does this passage sp- speak of when it talks about our role to comfort others. Yeah, this is an amazing text. We're talking about Second Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, like you said, verses 3 to 7 uh, really focuses on this word paraclete. That's the Greek word. You say, Kevin, why is that word kind of familiar to me? Well, it comes... It's used in John chapter 14 when Jesus says, um, I will ask the Father and he will give you another paraclete. He will give you another helper. The King James used to translate another comforter. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, when he speaks of the Holy Spirit to his disciples in John Mm -hmm. chapter 14 in the upper room, he uses the same word, the same comfort, the same paraclete, this helper. he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you as the paraclete, as the helper. So here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, Father of mercies and God of all comfort, of all help, of all strength. This isn't a warm, cuddly, fuzzly, you know, uh, uh, thought of relief and mm-hmm. ease. This is a, this is an empowering strength. Mm-hmm. The comfort of God is an is a powerful strength and a staying power <laughs> to help us to minister even through mm-hmm. difficult, overwhelming suffering. Makes me think of when we think about uh, spiritual gifts, right? So when we think about what spiritual gifts are, in fact, the the the, the root word there for gift is really the word grace. And yeah, gift, yeah. You know, First Peter uh, chapter four talks about how God has given a manifestation of His grace into each Christian. When we think about gifts, we think about, well, it's my spiritual gift, but the idea is that it's a gift that God has given for you to re-gift. And so this idea of comfort here yes. is, it's not for your own personal well-being, but it's a comfort that God has given to you for the purpose of sharing and imparting to other people. It's not a selfish thing, it's a it's an empowering, life-giving thing yeah. to other people around you. He gives us strength so that others may know God's strength. 
So this is important then as we think about the reason you chose this text, because this maybe draws to the heart of maybe why why is a passage like this and a ministry like comfort, then how does this uniquely equip Christians, or we could even say the church as a whole, for ministries to vulnerable families and vulnerable children in our immediate communities or even around the world today? Yeah, I think it's because uh, any kind of Christ-like ministry is going to cost a significant amount of suffering. Mm-hmm. We can't follow in Jesus' steps without sharing in his suffering. And so that begs the question, well, then why would I volunteer for this kind mm-hmm. of a ministry? Or how can I sustain and persevere through mm-hmm. a ministry when it starts to cost me so much, and certainly ministry to vulnerable children and vulnerable families is very mm-hmm. costly. It, it, will, it will cost us far more energy and time and sleepless nights than we ever, mm-hmm. we ever sign up for, and yet it's God's strength. It's God's comfort. Mm-hmm. It's the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies that sustains all Christian ministers whether it's through orphan care ministry or whether it's through gospel church planting ministry like the Apostle Paul was going through here personally in his own, you know, in chapter 1 of of 2 Mm -hmm. Corinthians. It's God's comfort that strengthens us and empowers us to continue to serve as we share not only in Christ's sufferings, Mm -hmm. but also in his Mm -hmm. comfort. So that word suffering is not a word that we like to hear. And so my question for you is this, and you might have already alluded to it, but is suffering a necessary part of the Christian life? Yeah, it is for any Christ follower. Mm -hmm. So you cannot be united with Christ and be spared from Christ's sufferings. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the point of uh, uh, verse 5. We share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to share abundantly in Christ's comfort too. Mm-hmm. But that's the hope of it. But yeah. but no one can be united with Christ and refuse to suffer for Christ's sake. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, even in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, he says, all those who are godly shall be persecuted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's if we think we can go through life following Jesus, looking like Jesus, loving like Jesus, mm-hmm. walking and talking and serving like Jesus, and somehow be respected by everybody and, you know, win a lot of friends and influence a lot of people and just be, mm-hmm. then, then we are believing a lie. Yeah. Because that is not how Jesus was treated and we will not be treated mm-hmm. the same when we are unified with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, I think the, it's a really helpful thing to think about just the right expectation, right? Of what what type of Jesus is it that you think that you're following, right? Because when we look at the Jesus of Scripture, obviously he talks about, you know, comfort. He talks about rest and, yeah. you know, taking on burdens. But he also talks about, hey, to follow me means you're going to take up your cross daily. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not just, a, you know, a burden type thing. That's a, like, that that's suffering, right? That That's going to entail right. that. He's the suffering servant. So, you know, this week coming up, we're really excited around here about the baptisms we're, mm-hmm. we're going to have in both of our services. But when you're baptized into Christ, you're baptized into following him, into his suffering. You're mm-hmm. baptized into the suffering servant lifestyle. And you say, well, why would anybody ever do yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Because it's actually the suffering that 
causes us to wean our, our own dependence away mm. from our self-trust so that we find our hope and our life in the power of God's resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul said in our text, you know, this was all to make us not rely on ourselves, but to rely on God who raises the dead. <laughs> like yep. He has the power. And so the most joyful life, the most satisfied life is always going to be found mm-hmm. in following Jesus, even though it requires great personal loss to pride mm. and ease and self-reliance. Mm-hmm. It still leads to a path of knowing God and knowing resurrection, supernatural power that is inexplainable from human mm-hmm. perspective. This reminds me of uh, going back even to First Peter 4 again. Apparently that's on my mind today. <laughs> but this, uh, this is exactly what Peter talks about in verses 12 and 13. Yes. Yes, he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening What's to happening you. What's happening right? to me? So it's, oh, uh, no. You know, it's that right <laughs> expectation, right? Yeah. And But notice he says in verse 13, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. That's right. That you may also... Uh, rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Now, this is interesting because he concludes this then in verse 19 by saying this, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's, it's don't let the, the sufferings when it gets hard be the means of escape, but actually use as a means of a testimony of God's sustaining grace to you while you continue to carry out the good works that God has uh, entrusted to you. Isn't it true that, um, like, like if, if I'd say it this way, Scott, suppose mm-hmm. I came to you, all right? I have an offer for you, buddy. I have an <laughs> offer for you. How would you like to take a tour of knowing God? Like, how would you like to go on a personal tour that will show you the attributes of God behind the scenes? Like, you'll get a, a closer glimpse of who God is than most of the people in the entire world. Would you like to sign up for that tour? I'd be asking you how much it costs. <laughs> well, here, you just stand in this line right here, and you get on this tram. Now, when the tram comes... You're going to notice that the marquee on the top of the tram says suffering. Mm -hmm. And you get on the tram and you say, well, is this the tour for the attributes of God? Mm -hmm. Is this the tour for knowing God more personally? And, oh, yeah, come on aboard. We're glad to have you. Well, should I be concerned that the marquee on the front of the bus says suffering? See, suffering is the vehicle Mm -hmm. that God uses Mm -hmm. To show us more of his sufficiency, mm-hmm. more of his comfort. We would never know that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. We can know that God is faithful. We'd read Lamentations mm-hmm. 3, say, oh yeah, God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. But mm-hmm. then when we've come through suffering and we've just lost a child mm-hmm. and we come through that dark, dark, painful valley and all of a sudden we come on the other side and we see, oh, God mm-hmm. is faithful. Mm. Suffering is the vehicle of mercy Mm. that God uses to show us that he is enough. Mm. He is the God of all comfort. He is the God who is strong. He is Mm. the God who is merciful. And he is enough Mm. for us. It's the James 1 mentality that says that these trials, you can't always joy. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be fun or you're going to be the most overjoyed or happy about it. 
but understanding that those trials are meant to actually test your faith and to refine your faith so that you might be steadfast, lacking in nothing. In other words, these mean these are used by God to grow us yes. in our faith, not to destroy our faith in him. So a really great Sunday. So have a few moments here. Um, any just for you key takeaways from our 930 hours so or 930 hour, we got to hear from a panel of uh, people in our church who are engaged, particularly in uh, ministry to vulnerable families, vulnerable children, uh, yes. kind of a good mix of uh, adoption stories, foster and adoption stories, or current foster stories, just any just key takeaways or encouragements that you just found personally as you walked away from that 930 hour uh, on Sunday. You know, if you listen to both my first and second service, you'll notice one of my takeaways because I just left that 930 hour so thankful mm -hmm. for the brothers and sisters in this church family who have who are serving the Lord in such glorious ways through this ministry. Mm. And so I didn't do this in first service to my shame. But in second service, at least God had turned on the light bulb for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just thank everybody who's been involved in this ministry. Mm -hmm. This is a huge gospel ministry. God is using mm -hmm. so many people in our church and has for years uh, to, to, to serve in this way. I'm so blessed. Mm -hmm. I'm so encouraged. I'm so thankful. I listened to these couples and these singles mm -hmm. up on the stage, and I was just so <laughs> amazed mm -hmm. at how God had sustained them and encouraged them and given them strength to mm -hmm. do this. And I just pray that our church family will, will rally around them with our prayers and with our encouragement, mm -hmm. uh, that that they may, they may be encouraged in all that they are doing in these mm -hmm. regards. It's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful thing. We appreciate, yeah, the opportunity to, to share about it. Thankful, yes, as you mentioned, for all the families who took part in that. Um, we want to share a few resources, too, for people as yeah. they're just thinking about. Uh, we were processing this earlier, but just recognizing that there might be people who are out there who want to learn more about how they can either get involved or just if they're just wanting to explore more about orphan care or ministry to adoption or foster care, uh, maybe some resources that would be of help to families. Um, would you like me to share some of those? Yeah, or? please. Okay. I, I, you, you, you are living this life <laughs> more than I am. So I, no, it's, it's a joy. Yeah. And I mean, just like anybody and, uh, we talked about for a lot of the guys who are especially on that panel on Sunday, uh, this is something where, it involves kind of a slow, steady process. Mm -hmm. I'm a learner and I'm a processor and uh, I'm a reader. So naturally books are helpful for me, but there's a lot of good things out there. Everything from books to articles, ministries that yeah. provide just helpful insights there. So yeah, I'd be happy to share just kind of a couple of those that have been helpful for, for me or I believe it would be helpful to our church family. So a couple of different ministries or individuals that would be really helpful for you if you're thinking about entering into this world or want to learn more about it. Uh, for me in particular, one of the most helpful individuals who has shaped kind of my thinking uh, in the arena, especially of foster care, 
is a gentleman by the name of Jason Johnson. So Jason Johnson is a former pastor. He he kind of left pastoral ministry to serve as kind of the uh, leader for the Christian Alliance for Orphans, particularly for their church mobilization efforts. So how does the church really come and uh, like is mobilized to meet the needs of uh, foster agencies around the world. And so <clears throat> Jason Johnson is very helpful. He has a blog, um, but he also has written a couple of books that have been very influential in my thinking. So um, his book, Reframing Foster Care, is a really, really helpful resource uh, written more specifically for the individual. Mm -hmm. uh, but then he also wrote a book uh, called Everyone Can Do Something, which is really a bit kind of more of a broad church perspective of how everybody has a role to play, even if it's not um, the specific entering into that world themselves. Uh, I think the way that he likes to say it is uh, not everyone has to do the same thing, but everyone can do something. Yeah, so good. that's a that's really, really helpful good. way. Our good friend Daniel Bennett, just down the road here at Bethany Community Church, has written an excellent book um, about uh, orphan care ministry just called A Passion for the Fatherless. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a recommended resource here before and highly, highly uh, would put that before you as he kind of builds a, a theological foundation for that and then what that means for the local church. And then uh, really there's a lot of great ministry out there. Obviously, my wife works for one of those called the Forgotten Initiative. Uh, they're just, they're a national ministry actually uh, housed over in Bloomington. And mm -hmm. so uh, the Forgotten Initiative, uh, they have a website that links you to uh, their their blogs, their articles that they write. Uh, they have a podcast that comes out on a biweekly basis and uh, just really is helpful for people as they're processing the different levels and different angles of the world of uh, foster care. So those are some great places for people to start. And if they have more questions, I'm sure any of us who are on that panel would be able to point them in a certain direction yeah. Uh, yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I just really want to encourage, you know, our church family to be prayerful mm -hmm. for what your role is in being um, God's hands and feet, if I can say it that way, of comfort, of strength to to those who are hurting. Mm -hmm. If I can just uh, close our time here by by reading from Deuteronomy chapter 10. I This past week I was struck by uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, which obviously I don't believe that the law is for Christians today in the same way it was for the Jews, and yet the law shows us the heart of God, and mm -hmm. we learned so much about God's heart here in Deuteronomy 10 verses uh, 17 to 19. So let me just read this. He says, uh, for the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God who is not partial, and he takes no bribe. We have an amazing God. He's a person mm -hmm. of comfort. We learned that on Sunday. But now look at verse 18. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow. He loves the sojourner. Today we'd use the word refugee. Mm -hmm. He gives them food and clothing. He loves the refugee, therefore, because you, and then he says, love the refugee. So he's talking to the people mm -hmm. now. He says, yeah. so since God executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the refugee, so likewise we should love the refugee, for we were also refugees in the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just, as I was thinking about that text, I was like, Lord, you've called us as a church 
to love those in, in this text. It's the fatherless, the widow, and the refugee. Well, mm-hmm. all three of those are on the periphery of society. They're all yeah. on the outside. They all are very vulnerable. And so how do we be conduits mm-hmm. of God's comfort and God's mercy and God's strength and help to the most vulnerable in our society? Mm-hmm. Church, we have an amazing God. He doesn't, he doesn't take bribes. He is not partial. Mm. May we represent him well as his ambassadors, as his conduits of comfort in this world. Amen and amen, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we are excited. Uh, it was a good Sunday. We look forward to this coming Sunday. As you mentioned, we got some baptisms. We are kind of in a segue point into a new sermon series. Uh, going to be starting in the book of Ephesians here soon. But this Sunday, where are we going as we prepare for Ephesians? We got to set the table. Yeah. We are going to set the table. We're going to put the table settings out <laughs> and we are going to get ready to feast from Ephesians. But I'm going to take one Sunday and lay a biblical foundation of sin that will, I think, rightly service as we get right into Ephesians 1 and see this glorious doctrine of salvation. Mm-hmm. I think we need to lay the black cloth mm-hmm. before we can look at the beautiful diamond of salvation that Ephesians 1 speaks. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to a new series here starting up. Church, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your continued teachability. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. God bless you.